Welcome to Spirits Podcast, episode 50, Your Hometown Urban Legends, part three. I can't believe that we are up to 50 episodes of Spirits. Me neither. That's insane. I don't think I've done 50 of anything in my life. No, I think... Including sit-ups. Or maybe like, maybe no, sit-ups, but not I've pull-ups. Done, I've definitely done sit-ups. Yeah, I remember. I think the presidential fitness test, remember how fucked up that is? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think I, I was able to do like 100 sit-ups. It, like sit-ups are, I'm fine with. It's push-ups. I can do maybe three. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> and also pull-ups. I just cannot do a pull-up to save my life. That's why we're podcasters. That's why we're podcasters. <laughs> it's a prerequisite for podcast fame. Um, but do you know who can do pull-ups, Julia? Like forever and ever. Um, I imagine it's our new patrons. It is. Mercedes and Ashley. I hear they actually set the record for the presidential fitness exam yo that's awesome <laughs> um and and they are accompanied by other legends in the physical fitness world wow look at this metaphor oh. um so so both ashley our new patron and leanne cassie cammy shannon and erin are legend level patrons they're amazing they are going to be getting an actual physical box of amazing stuff limited edition spirits stuff that we made exactly for you uh this week in the mail it's going to be real cool. We actually just signed all the cards we for uh, your packages, and they're going to be amazing. And we are also so grateful to our supporting producer-level patrons. Neil, Chandra, Philip, Dylan, Julie, Sarah, Christina, Robert, Lindsay, JST, Sandra, Eeyore, MCF, Deborah, Kimo, Phil, Ryan, and Catherine. Listen, they get whatever dish they want from Spaghetti Warehouse comped every single time they go. Oh, my God, guys. I... I don't even want to talk about Spaghetti Warehouse. <laughs> I love Spaghetti Warehouse. <laughs> it was such a, it was such a, this episode's a lot. It's a um, lot. But we love it. And actually, this is a good time to tell you, we are doing Hometown Urban Legends every single month. Every single month now. Every month. So you should definitely send your stories to us because we need some new uh, stories to kind of move the plot along. So we do. Speak. And it can be the town you went to school in, the town next door, something that your grandma saw, something that a cousin tells you at a family reunion. The word hometown means a place that you identify with. Yeah. So don't worry about like sticking to the letter of the law. Yeah. Any story you want to tell us, we are here to read it and then possibly say it to our audience. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And you can do that by emailing spiritspodcast at g email.com or by going to spiritspodcast.com and clicking on the little contact button. Either way, it totally works. And we'd love to get emails and stories from you. It's always a delight to read a story on our inbox. And then I'll text him and be like, did you see that one? It's so I'm funny. Like, yeah, I did. It was amazing. And I like creep myself out before I even get out of bed in the morning. It's real good. I also love to wake up to messages in our Tumblr inbox. We have an incredible Tumblr that Julia is doing such an amazing job with. Yeah. So if you like anything that is creepy and cool, you should 100% go check and follow our Tumblr account. Uh, we're at like about 900 uh, followers right now. Let's I'd like to, that 1K. to uh, hit that 1K within a month. That would be cool. Yeah, it's spiritspodcast.tumblr.com. And we don't like promote the podcast and stuff. Like we just no. reblog stuff that we think is awesome. Exactly. Like you won't be like, well, I already listened to the episode. I'm not going to reblog a thing about the yeah. new episode. Listen, no, we just have cool shit that you would want to check out. We've worked in marketing and we know things that market things badly. And so whenever we like share something on Instagram or tweet something funny or, you know, reblog an amazing photo set, of like a modern day, I don't know, Hecate or something. Like we are doing it because we we think it's baller and it would enrich your life. Exactly. 
So we hope that these hometown urban legends also enrich your life. We are so grateful for them. We thought they were really funny. We're so happy to be joined um, by Eric Schneider and get the team back together for our 50th episode. I really, I can't talk about it too much or else I'll start crying. But it only gets a little bit off the rails. It only gets episode. a little bit off the rails. And if, you, by the way, if you're a new listener and want to listen to some vintage spirits and basically the silliest I've ever been, uh, you should listen to our Taylor Poe episode with Eric Schneider early on in the podcast. It is bananas. It is seriously bananas. Amanda ends up pitching us a movie that stars uh Kat Dennings my girlfriend and Liam Hemsworth or Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth. with their adopted <laughs> uh shelter dog uh it is there's just a lot happening uh and you know that's uh that's what this podcast is all about that's all it's all it is all the weirdness it's about being your maximum self and having people around you that really appreciate that and that's exactly what we're here for so without further ado please enjoy Spirits Podcast episode 50 your hometown urban legends part three hey hi hello we are back with some hometown urban legends Ooh. i can't wait i don't know why i feel like i'm emceeing this episode but uh, we have eric with us this week hi hello what's up buddy how's Not ohio much. spooky what oh oh it's very spooky as you just heard on our last episode Ooh. Right? Is I don't do I have the canon of order nope, correct? Nope, La La Chusa is gonna be in between this. Okay, well two episodes ago. It's about Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's spooky, like that episode. Go back. Uh we have a, a crap load of urban legends that y'all have sent us over the past few months, and I think we're just gonna go round robin style. Julia, why don't you start us off? Okay. Uh I'm gonna start us off with a email from Joseph uh Ricciardelli. I hope I pronounced that right. It's super Italian. (laughs) Um, So he starts the email. This story isn't mine. I heard it from a distant relative at a family reunion in Maine. Oh my God, this is going to be great. He claims that this story happened to him when he was doing charity work in Africa. I don't recall the country. I heard this about 10 plus years ago. He was out late one night in a rural village and had to walk back to where he was staying, which required him to take a dirt path through the wilderness alone. Possessing some less than great decision-making skills, he set off. While walking on the moonlit path, he came to a section where the road dipped down, then curved back up into a little valley. On the other side of this, he saw a man coming the opposite way, walking downhill towards him also alone. May I just say, from a social anxiety perspective, this is the worst case scenario. There's no other people around to deflect the attention of the stranger. There's no alternate path for you to take and walk 10 minutes out of your way so that you don't encounter a stranger. There's no dog to focus your eyes on instead of the person. Just a person. I, I appreciate the dog thing too because I literally did that the other week. We were having garage sale. A man with a dog walked by, and I said hello, made eye contact with his dog only, and then <laughs> walked by. Yeah, I feel like I need a T-shirt that says "I'm not flirting with you. I'm just happy to see your dog." Yeah, that is 100% accurate to you. I know. Okay. Um. So my relative found that a s- little spooky, but he continued trying to act casual in case this man was a mugger looking for a vulnerable mark same good 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 idea uh the two men walked toward each other as they approached the bottom of the valley but something changed when they reached each other the other man uh wasn't what passed my relative by on the road instead it was a big black panther that hardly regarded him as it walked by yikes i mean that's rel- good mostly like I so mean, like, like yeah. not not like you don't want to be near a panther probably but like in terms of like interactions with a panther 
not caring is a great state for a panther to be near you. <laughs> also, you want the most blasé panther. Yeah, also interacting with another being. I'm super glad the panther wasn't interested in me and also that I didn't have to make small talk with the man that was approaching me. I know, you're win-win right now. Yeah. It's like a Punnett square of like real good, real bad. Either it eats you or you can like escape without having to talk to a human, both of which pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think this next sentence is basically me. My relative freaked out and Power walked back to his quarters. <laughs> he claims to have only learned that were cats were a thing from locals the next day. Ooh. He insists that the moon was definitely bright enough to be confident that the figure was 100% a man when it was on top of the hill and 100% a big cat at the bottom when it passed him. He saw no transition between the two forms in spite of the fact that they were facing each other the entire time. Just a blink panther. Blinking, it's a panther. That's the tagline. I like it. I mean, it might have just been like a druid. Can't druids like become panthers and shit? Or is that just like World of Warcraft? I don't know no, what actual D&D druids can do. That. Well, in real life, druids are just a religious organization. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, surely, but they ha- surely they have some kind of druidic animal communion thing. I mean, I haven't seen a druid turn into any sort of animal, so I cannot confirm personally. Uh, in Join the Party, our favorite lesbian boat captain, Captain Alex, can turn into an octopus, and it is beautiful. Is that her only form? Nope, she's a swordfish also. Any Sweet. animal, any uh, uh, marine creature. I think I'd want sea lion if I was going with nautical animals. That to I could fuck? Turn into. If I was going with nautical animals to turn into. Oh! Yeah, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I Holy said shit. that because my character on Join the Party has a big, big crush on Captain Alex. On the octopus, Amanda? <laughs> no. So, I mean. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Fine, off the rails. Say no. Not going to say no. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. Maybe you Eric's a, like, I would say no. You have a story or is Eric next? Eric's next. Okay. This next story comes from Hetty, and it is titled The Hairy Hands of Dartmoor. Already love it. Oh my god. I would like to tell you about an urban legend that takes place nestled among the foggy, dark English hills of Dartmoor, or specifically on the B3212 road, a road that I have driven down myself at least twice, but never at night. My favorite thing about England is that the, the town names and stuff like could not be more quaint and adorable and idyllic, but all the roads are just letters and numbers. Like they're just serial numbers. Apparently, and it's yeah. so great. Either like, it's like a weirdly numbered highway or it's like country lane. And it's great. <laughs> wow, that's really specific. Thank you, England. <laughs> My grandfather warned me at a very young age of the hairy hands of Dartmoor. Here's the lowdown. <gasps> no, is it just a neighbor who's into kids? No, Amanda. <laughs> what is, why? Why so, does your mind immediately so go to just, pedophilia? Just so everyone knows, we review these before <laughs> we do them. So for some reason, Amanda just thought that I read what she just suggested. It was like, that's good. That's good for the podcast. Great for the listeners. Here's the lowdown. Since around 1910, drivers and cyclists have reported suffering unusual accidents along the road between Post Bridge and Two Bridges. Wow, a lot of bridge stuff. <laughs> so many bridges. <laughs> all bridges, all moors, all cliffs, all how rivers. Many, how many creeks slash cricks do you guys have around there? They're brooks. Brooks? They're yes. all brooks there. I don't know the difference. In many cases, the victims reported that their vehicle had jolted or swerved violently and steered off the side of the road as if something had taken hold of the wheels and wrenched it out of their control. Yikes. Or it sounds like you were texting while driving. Or getting a hand job. In 1910, what is wrong with 
I mean, in 1910, definitely not texting. Possibly the other thing. You know, sometimes I think about like old timey people. It's like, wow, they had sex too. I know. It's just all under four sets of corsets, like so many. It's just so crazy to think like, oh, they probably did sex stuff. Yes, with like that facial hair, those mutton chops, like that weird bouffant on top of your head. Fucking like lead paint and and birds up in there. No. In, Wait, in, in the, the hair, hair, Julia. In the hair. Come on, Julia. It still makes no sense when you say it. In in like Marie Antoinette era France. Yes, they did. They had like lead paint, white cake That's not makeup. the 1910s though, my dude. No, I'm going back further. Right. I'm going back further. Deepening the goof. That's Deepening reasonable. Goof. I'll give Amanda this one. I'll Thank give Amanda you. that one. Thank Whatever. you for once. <laughs> one of my friends also mentioned these infamous hands to me a few years ago. One smoggy night, my friend went on a military school trip to Dartmoor for training. It's not unusual for British military to camp out in the harsh, cold countryside. They were traveling via bus, and while they were not swerved off the road to, of Dartmoor, they told me in graphic detail how when they awoke from an hour drive, the impression of a large, almost clawed handprint was pressed against the window due to the cold. She was sitting next to no one, and the gap between the seats was too small for someone to creep their hands onto her window for a good scare. Yikes. Oh, shit. Oh, and the handprint was on the outside of the bus. Holy Sweet dreams. <laughs> Thank you for ending it like that. <laughs> I'm also picturing the very dismal uh, BBC crime drama Broadchurch, which is great. And super sad. And if you're feeling really good about your life and just want to like take that down a notch, watch Broadchurch. But it's all about like a body being found on the moors and it's great. Oh, well, my mind immediately went to an American werewolf in London. Which I have not yet seen. Oh, it's literally about a kid, like two American kids who are backpacking and they're going to a small town. They're like, don't go out in the moors at night. And then they go out in the moors at night and then his friend gets like, you know, murdered. By a werewolf, oh, and then no. he turns into a werewolf. The friend or the other guy? The other guy get, turns into a werewolf. The other guy is just straight up murdered. Oh, I was hoping that the murdered one gets turned into a werewolf instead, and then they fall in love. That's not what happens. No. He does oh. fall in love with like a weird nurse, and it's a very rushed thing, and she's like, oh, you don't have a home. Come live with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's not oh, a okay. good idea. <laughs> Anytime I hear of a spooky story involving a car, I just assume it's going to be the guy with a hook. As one does. I like, I just assume that that's who it's always going to end up being. I do love the uh, the hook hand story and how it's just permeated all of our culture. Yeah. What's that like, guy up you to? You want to get sexy in the back of a car? <laughs> what is that guy up to? Meta printed hers out like a fancy ass motherfucker. Look at that Foley work. It's beautiful. Boom. All right. Our next urban legend comes from Sarah in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. So she says her first story is the story of the Witch of the Woods. So it's unclear whether this witch got her nickname before or after the story takes place. But in the early 1900s, about half a dozen kids went missing from the Lincoln area. Always bad. Always bad. Most people believe that they just ran away, but some people said that they went missing in Wilderness Park, which is a stretch of woods that's been protected by local legislature. Wilderness Park? Come on, I was people. just about to say. Come yeah, on. Not a little good. better not of good a name. All. It's Come too on. on the nose. These claims were wholly unsubstantiated until a boy went missing and his sister reported seeing him with a woman who lives in a secluded shack deep in the woods. Classic secluded crone deep in the woods. Naturally, police searched the area and the bodies of the children were found. All sad. 
The witch of the woods was taken in for questioning, and she claimed to know nothing about the children or the disappearances, only that the children were always running all over her property, and she wasn't too fond of it. Same. <laughs> Same. Because of the lack of physical evidence, she couldn't be arrested. A few days later, thanks to the good-hearted denizens of Lincoln, she was found hanged from a tree in Wilderness Park on a chain. I don't know if that's good-hearted. Oh, wow, no. good-hearted. I mean, I don't know. They're strong-hearted. They're strong-willed. Oh, God. Um, so as the story... murder. Uh, Sarah, you're really leading me astray here. So as the story goes now, if you stay in Wilderness Park too long after dark and wander too near what remains of the witch's shack, um, that should have been burned right to the ground. Oh, yeah. Salt the whole thing. Salt the earth. You can hear her shrieking and rattling the chains that killed her. Some people say that you can even find buried chains in the park that lead to the tree where the witch was hanged. Why did they use chains? I don't know. That feels like a waste of resources, yeah, right? Yeah, like there's, just use rope. I know. I know. People were very wasteful back in the day. They did not know about recycling. And <laughs> Unlike today, where no one's wasted on <laughs> no one. No one is waste. We have eradicated I'm waste. I'm just concerned about the method in which they murdered her. I know, I know. Uh, in any case, Sarah says, it's advised that you take great care when following the chains. <laughs> don't <laughs> like follow the chains. I mean, A, don't. <laughs> B, take care, because the witch was buried in the woods with the chains still tangled around her. No shit, man. As far as the children, a shrine was built in their memory, but has since been lost. I love how the chains were kept, but the fucking shrine was lost. We lost the shrine of the children. I, I want to point though. out a couple of just inconsistencies with this story. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Number one. The shrine, obviously. <laughs> that seems like something you would make sure you have around. Also, I feel like if you hang somebody, they don't then get like a proper burial. No, they get put in a potter's field. And just Sarah adds about the shrine, if you happen to wander near it at night, you'll probably be able to hear the sounds of children playing or soft footsteps behind you. Some people have even reported apparitions of children in the woods at night. Here's the thing about these places at night. Just stay in home. Just stay at don't. Home. Just, just don't. Just, just stay at home. Netflix is $10. I recently saw a tweet, and I don't know who tweeted it, but it said, why go big when you can go home? Oh, <laughs> and same. I think that... Can I get that tattooed the, on my body? One of the best yeah. tweets I need ever. a needle just point of that Just one of the of best sentiments. It's like, why, just, I could go home instead. Why go into the woods at night where there's creepy ghost children, uh, undead witch... When Chains. I could just watch Hot Fuzz on Netflix. Or Stranger when, Things if I really want to get creeped out. When I could just watch yeah. Top Chef or American Vandal or Master yeah. or Master Chef or Mastermind or Mindhunter or any of those. That was some, that was some good. Uh, <laughs> I made up the one in the middle, but. Uh, that is one? a thing. I was, about to, I was trying to yeah. remember what it was. I think it's. Is it a BBC show? Mastermind? I don't know, but Mind or is it just a board game? Is what I was going for. I think oh, Mastermind might have been like a game show too. I don't know. In any case, watch Mind Hunter on Netflix. It's great. Yes. Also, our friend uh, Todd Faulkner of the Uncanny County podcast is on Mastermind. Hey, uh, Mind Hunter. What? Mind Hunter? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Where? Episode eight. What? Yeah. Please show me a screenshot later. Uh, 100% well. Go Todd. Uh, anyway, but Sarah also has a firsthand story. Oh. So Sarah says, last summer, a friend told her about the cemetery about 10 miles outside of town, 12 miles from her house, at the intersection of 202nd Street and Havelock Avenue. Uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, what up? The cemetery, to my knowledge, does not have a specific name, but it is claimed to be one of the most haunted sites in Nebraska. Uh, I'm not going to make a Nebraska joke, but I, I really wonder what the other haunted sites are. I'm really excited. 
According to my friend's report, he and his wife drove past the cemetery and his daughter, who was three at the time, said that they were being chased by huge specters with flowing cloaks and gleaming red eyes. Children continue to be the creepiest motherfuckers in the world. I love it. In addition to this, both Sarah's friend and his wife saw multiple apparitions by the side of the road. Naturally, Sarah writes, my roommate and I immediately decided we had to check it out for ourselves. Oh, Sarah. Girl after my own heart. So that night, we rounded up a couple more friends and ventured out to the cemetery around midnight. Why not? Why not? If you're going to go big, go big. We explored a little bit. The cemetery isn't really that big. Initially, it was more sad than scary because there were quite a few little children buried there who died from yellow fever yep. as young as a few days old. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, God. Lincoln, get your shit together. That's any, like, northeastern... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's true. true. Like those family plots? Oh, it's sad. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody had been buried there in 50 plus years because about half the cemetery is still empty. That's wild. In any case, a bad feeling came over all four of us simultaneously, and we decided to get the hell out of Dodge. Yep. Uh, Sarah, the first good choice you've made all night, girl. (laughs) As we were leaving, I asked my roommate if she thought that anything might have followed us, and her lit cigarette exploded like a firecracker in her hands. The fuck? Burning her legs. After that, apparently, I passed out and started talking insisting that my name was John and demanding someone tell me where I was. Sarah, what the fuck? No, I don't like this. Uh, I feel like this is getting the ghost into the audio nope, now. Nope, and I don't want... And it's gonna get stuck in there. I don't want you and in this... And we're gonna get like a techno demon. Yeah, I don't want you in this MP3, John. Uh, so Sarah says, I do not remember this happening at all. I do remember coming to, feeling all foggy and like I wasn't fully in control of my mental faculties. After I came to, we all decided to stay together and not sleep that night. Uh, a thank you, Sarah. Solid choice. So you won't get fucking possessed again. <laughs> it's what you're supposed to do with concussions and possessions. Concussions and possession. Just remember the acronym. Don't go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great acronym. Good job. Finally. Okay. The next morning, Sarah's roommate uh, and, and her went to inspect her car. The roommate's car is black, so they completely expected it to be covered in dust from the gravel roads since we were outside of town. What we didn't expect, however was the car being absolutely covered in handprints. The hood, the windshield, the roof, the doors. You name it, it had handprints on it. One of the doors looked scratched, like something had been scratching to get in. See, there's that hook guy. Nope. He always shows up. He always shows up. We immediately decided to go get a car wash. Uh, uh, Thank you, Sarah. Good idea. Get an egg sandwich. Get yourself together. Maybe do it in holy water. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Why not fry your eggs in holy water? No one's done it. Let's try it. And on the way, they were discussing who or what may have made the handprints on the car. At that moment, I looked up and happened to see a window cling on the back of a van. This may not seem significant until I tell you that the window cling was a circle of handprints. And in the middle, it said, it was me. Ha ha. And that was the scariest moment of my life that's fucking horrifying um sarah get yourself to the nearest exorcist and sort your shit out um just like you know sage everything please just salt circle over your threshold to keep yourself out Mm -hmm. if that's what it needs to do (laughs) good god yeah jesus that's a lot lot of different so much wow well thanks and i'm sorry and good luck thanks i'm sorry good Good luck she is staying creepy she's already cool since she listens to the podcast but like damn sarah straight up staying creepy damn stay less creepy get a little (laughs) little less creepy slightly less less creepy creepy. focus on the cool part get some white vans get some fidget spinners if i can figure it out
<laughs> it's some glow in the dark fidget spinners. Oh, for the ghosts. So here's my story. This is from Ginevra Littlejohn. I just finished the werewolf episode, and at the end, you say if there's any neat little local stories you want to hear about it. So I have one. I didn't want to post this on Tumblr. Uh, Because frankly, it's the kind of thing that might cause a really understandable fight. It kind of sounds like white girl magic Indian stuff that people uh, talk around campfires at. Okay. We appreciate, Ginevra, your understanding that like this is a trope that a lot of people play into. But because you're saying it is a story that you actually experienced, we're going to read it on air. Yes. And we read it with trepidation, but it ended up being very freaking cool. So we're stoked to share it with you. She says, it sounds like total bullshit, particularly from the remove of 16 or 17 years and a couple of thousand miles, but it's the truth. Uh, She goes, I was raised in a small city of Verde Valley in Arizona. I moved there with my family as a four-year-old in late 1986 and lived there until I was a little bit past 20 and escaped for greener climbs. Uh, I know that my hometown is a lot more developed now, uh, than it was in 2002, but back then there were about 8,000 people spread across 10 square miles. Quick, word association, 2002. Kelly Clarkson. Uh, I don't, I I don't know. Justin Timberlake's really frosty, hard gelled hair. Is that like the year that he was, he did the Janet Jackson... Uh, no, no, that, that was is, later. That, is, that was later. That wasn't nope, too. Nope, it was 15 years. It was 15 years ago what? because they just announced it. Wait, Eric, I got, ju- the, I got I've the year right? I've been for 15 Holy years? Shit. I'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure because I thought, because today they announced he's doing the Super Bowl, and they, I'm pretty sure I heard that it's been 15 years. Eric, bless you for, for totally validating me there. I really I thought I that could, was like. I could be completely sh- wrong. I think you're completely but, wrong. Can you please Google this, producer? Because I'm pretty sure O2 yeah. was from Justin to Kelly. Yeah. Hold on. Okay, here we go. Hold on, there's Googling happening. I'm so you, sorry. No, keep reading. I'll, I'll chime in like a producer. It was in 2003 from Justin to Kelly, and it does have one star on IMDb. Also, that wasn't Justin Timberlake. That was Justin, the other one from American yeah, Idol. Yeah, that was, yeah, I'm like, that's <laughs> not even the right Justin. Oh, man. Oh, I was wrong. It was 2004. Oh, so I mean, close. that's not that much later. Yeah, it was only two years. Fuck. Anyway, I remember that happening. <laughs> yes, I do, too. And I, I didn't remember what the big deal was because I was like, it's just a boob. <laughs> and I was like, it's a boob. I was okay. really excited. Anyway. Back to Ginevra's story. <laughs> she goes, my parents being at best neglectful, I was largely allowed oh, no. to run around as I pleased, uh, provided I brought my half dozen younger siblings with me. We Babe, spent- I hope you're in therapy. You sound like a boxcar child. <laughs> and I hope you turned out okay. <laughs> but they saw fun mysteries. <laughs> I know. We spent our childhoods dodging rattlesnakes in dry stream beds, looking for pieces left behind when the railroad was uh, pulled out, and hunting for interesting rocks. Same. Um, I'm so glad that you guys are all alive. Uh, we'd take breaks from the desert to go get sodas at the corner store on the edge of town, brown bag, a bunch of sugary snacks, and then go back out again. Oh, I love that that kid experience is so universal. I fucking love the 80s. <laughs> I love it so much. Also, shout out to the video Hot Cheetos and Takis, which might be my favorite video on YouTube. I love Hot Cheetos so much. Corner stores. Mm. Okay. Uh, sometimes when we came in for drinks, we'd see an old man. He looked like, no shit, a very stereotypical idea of a presumably multi-ethnic copper miner. He wore Levi's and flannel shirts with suspenders and a very bedraggled cowboy hat and boots. Okay. Unlike a lot of people around who weren't much pleased to see all these brown-skinned kids and teens, no matter how polite uh, we were 
uh, careful to be. He was always very kind to us. His skin was dark too, and so were his eyes. He'd seen a lot of sunlight. His wrinkles had wrinkles. He always seemed to be on his way somewhere when we saw him, and frequently, every time I saw him but one, he was accompanied by this massive black dog. Serious black? Seriously, this dog. This dog never barked. This dog was never on a leash, nor wore a collar, but hugged the man's hips at almost all times. The dog was probably three feet high at the shoulder, and its front legs were weirdly long, giving it a gait that made it look sometimes as if it was creeping instead of striding. (gasps) Its fur was strange, a coat of long, soft, shining curls that hung several inches and swayed bouncily when it walked. The fur always reminded me of my brother's hair. I never saw it run, I never saw it excited, I never saw it pee on a street corner. Basically, I never once, in the couple of dozen times I saw it, behave like a dog. Oh my god, this is great. Eric, what is your prediction? You were about halfway through. (laughs) Oh, my prediction? I have no idea where this is going. Someone gets transformed into a dog, someone gets possessed by a dog. Okay. I was a pretty shy kid. I didn't talk to the desert guy. We'd nod at each other, and if one of my younger siblings did something amusing, he might vent a little chuckle. But beyond that, we had no communication. This went on for years. I'd run into him a few times a year. We'd nod. He and his dog would pass one way, and I'd pass another. And that was it. Eventually, my family moved to another part of town, and these particular encounters stopped happening. Until one day... Now a teenager and without any of my siblings in tow for the afternoon, I got a craving for an orange dream soda. That's adorable that you remember the exact soda you had during this. Oh my gosh. Also, like, how great is that if the Chronicles of Narnia started with, like, I really want an orange dream soda. So I went to the bodega, I opened the fridge, and like, wa-boom, you're in Narnia. (laughs) There was only one place in town that I knew sold it, the little hippie health food store at the edge of town where I used to go with my siblings. Health food store? I guess so. Sorry, something doesn't square here. (laughs) It was across town for me now, but I figured, what the hell, and I took a walk. It's like it hadn't been five years. I turned around and there was the guy in his flannel shirt with his massive dog, which looked no older, no white on its muzzle. I don't know, maybe because I was alone so none of my siblings could be endangered or led astray by my talking to a stranger, but I said, hi, it's been a while. The guy smiled and allowed that it had been some time. His voice was quiet, a little rough, higher than I expected. I said, I never said before, but I love your dog. What's his name? The man cocked his head. You didn't ask my name. I stammered, you, I'm sorry, that was rude. I'm Jen. And I stuck out my hand. He shook it. His palms were warm and calloused. The dog is, and he said a series of words in either Yavapai or Western uh, Apache, one of the languages that was local and which I had heard on occasion. I said, that's really pretty. He says, it means man who walks like a dog. I froze. He said, my name is and the string of lovely polysyllables. He didn't wait for me to ask, which was good, because the hairs on my my arms were already standing up. It means, he said, dog who walks like a man. He smiled at me and tipped his hat and walked down the sidewalk. As it passed me, the dog looked up, not very far, it was very large close up, into my face for the first time. Its eyes had visible white, Scalaria, which is the white part around the pupil, and his pupils were tiny, and the irises were a very lovely, very human gray blue. Ah! 
I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with that. The man, the dog, and the dog's a man. <laughs> anyway, Jen says, thanks for reading. I love your podcast and definitely intend to share it around. Uh, Jen, you gotta be a writer because that had me on a whole journey, girl. That was really fucking I had good. no idea. I did not expect the dog oh, and the man to be like a joined double twist. thing. God, that oh, was boy. so good. I, I got like a rush telling that Ooh. story. Yeah, Julia, you look like you were about to like possess a hawk or something. <laughs> possess a hawk. Right. <laughs> It'd fly away. Your shirt right now has like big broad shoulders and I feel like it's, you know, very hawkish. I don't it's know. my superhero dress. It looks good. Thank it's me you. now. Okay. Tell me a story. Our next story comes from Sarah and it's titled Haunted Restaurant and Creepy Kid. Creepy kids, they, they creep me out far too much. I love it. That's not part of the story. That's just me. No, same. 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 I, I, oof. I don't know. I don't know why I picked this one. I hate creepy kids. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. All right. So here's how it starts. So based on the first Creeptober episode, shout out to Creeptober, Creeptober. here podcast. I wanted to tell you the story of a creepy kid. There was this restaurant in downtown that opened in a disused warehouse in the 70s. It's called Spaghetti Warehouse. <gasps> what? Spaghetti <gasps> Warehouse? Spaghetti Warehouse? I think that I think this is why I picked it because <laughs> Cleveland used to have a Spaghetti Warehouse. And Wait, it was real? It's... It, yeah, it's the best name. Fuck, that's so because good. Because I just like to imagine these giant boxes filled with spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> like an actual spaghetti like warehouse. Costco. Where they just store all the or spaghetti. Like, have you ever been to a Five Guys that just have crates of peanuts, open peanuts around? They, they do. I'm just imagining yeah. that, but spaghetti. So you've got Spaghetti Warehouse. You've got Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> you've got Macaroni Grill. <laughs> Well, the macaroni's going to exactly. die. <laughs> <laughs> it's a violent image. Thank you for that. It's called Spaghetti Warehouse, and it's one of the most haunted places in Houston. It unfortunately was destroyed by Hurricane Harvey, but they're looking for a new location. Gotta get that spaghetti. Gotta get that spaghetti without (laughs) the haunts. (laughs) I'll have a spaghetti sans haunts. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you would want to move just because of the... Of the, of the haunting. When they opened the restaurant, they filled it with antiques from all over Adventures. the world. First nope, mistake. nope, nope, nope. A staircase nope. out of a European castle, a Tiffany chandelier from Penn Station, no! and even a full-size trolley no! car. And of course, with some of the objects, they brought spirits no with shit. them. I mean, if, obviously. Obviously, that's going to happen. Oh, God. One of the most haunted objects. But that's how you know it's bad. <laughs> one of the most because haunted. Because this is one of the most haunted objects. Among the many hauntings. One of the most. There's a scale here of the hauntings of Hold these on objects. question. If you go to Spaghetti yeah. Warehouse and you ask the waiter, like, what's good here? What do you like? What's the most popular thing on the menu? What do they say? The sp- spaghetti sp- alavaca a la... Woman who murdered her husband. Don't say that. It's spaghetti warehouse. (laughs) But like, but is everything spaghetti? Yes. What if you don't like spaghetti? Fuck you. Uh, (laughs) And they they only play that remix of the Eminem song where they say spaghetti. (laughs) One of the most haunted objects beside the trolley car does not explain what's up with the trolley car. Is a pretty unassuming gray cabinet. (laughs) What happened with the trolley car? The trolley problem part two, the haunting. (laughs) (laughs) You've got five ghosts on one track and one ghost on another track. It's when you go for your philosophy master's degree. You gotta just solve the trolley problem part two. They don't tell you about that in philosophy undergrad. It's way harder. Way harder. Episodes go off the rails every time we do them, guys. Yeah, but this one's this one it took like thirty minutes to get I off don't know. the rails. We were pretty of off the, the rails trolley car. Of the trolley car. I get it, Eric. I get it. I the get rails. it. I get it. 
It's at least a century old and it's painted with a nice floral fruit arrangement. But the activity around the cabinet has led folks to believe that it was an urn cabinet and once stood in an orphanage. No! Wait, People but, sitting hold close the fuck to the on. cabinet hear bouncing balls, tiny footsteps, and children both <gasps> laughing and crying from inside the no, cabinet. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Why is there an urn cabinet that was no. in an orphanage? No. Why? None of those things should be true. You should never open a thing and find an urn of ashes. Never. Urn should My be on your mantle. My closet has Maybe an urn sometimes. of ashes. Urn should be on your mantle, up in your closet, because you can't face it yet. That's it. No, no shame. Or buried. They should not be in a fucking purpose-built, like, cabinet bureau. No. Wait, I have, I have a story really quick. Okay. So, my fiancé, Jake's favorite show in the world is Ghost Adventures. Of course it is. I love it. Um, which is hosted by a man named Zach Baggins. Now, just, just take, a, <laughs> take a moment. Bilbo's great-great-grandchild, the disappointment of the family. <laughs> it's spelled differently. Zach Baggins. Okay, so take a moment. Zach Baggins only wears those uh, skater sneakers from the early aughts. Okay, take a moment. Okay. Think of, like, the epitome of a just dude in a frat. Yep. Now, yeah. imagine he, like, got possessed by a ghost once, and now that's the rest of his life. Whoa. That's who Zach Baggins is. Whoa. And so Jake was w- making me watch a video with Ghost Adventures Naturally. on it. And Zach Baggins is going through his quote-unquote dungeon which is his basement oh no um and he's showing us all of these um haunted artifacts that he has and he goes he's like going like it's like a branch from a tree that like a 16 people hung from and then he goes he holds up this thing that just looks like someone's aunt made it in a like drunk pottery class maybe cool and he goes yeah i i bought this off of some old lady she didn't want it anymore because it cursed her life and then just <gasps> moved on no <laughs> zach baggins he- just it was i cracked up for five minutes because the delivery was just like yeah, she didn't want she didn't want it anymore it, it cursed her life and then just moved on can you please find that video and we'll put it in the description we're 100 gonna do that thank see, you see i don't even like thrift store shopping because I'm worried that it might be a dead person's yeah, clothes. Yeah, no, it probably is. And this guy is, instead of doing that, collecting yes. a bunch yes. of stuff that could and be We haunted. talked two episodes ago about how we don't fuck with estate sales. Yes. Because you don't fuck with the house that someone just died in. I still their have that spirit, dead lady's singer sewing machine, though. Their spirit is hot. Okay, first of all, a singer sewing machine is like is like the, the what is it called when you have a list of people you can fuck with the... Guilt-free three. Yes, a singer sewing machine, you you go through hell for. Yes. Fair enough. However, otherwise, estate sales, you don't fucks with. You don't go into a house. There was just an estate sale next to my girlfriend's no, house. No, I hope you didn't there, go. Because you don't, you don't enter a house in. that a spirit has just vacated. It's hot and fresh off the kitchen, y'all. Come on. Speaking of the kitchen, there was once a family eating in the area when the restaurant first opened. And all of a sudden, the little boy with the family started to cry. He was saying, so that's a little actual human boy. Not a ghost boy. I'm glad you grounded us in in our actual reality, yes. Well, hold on. Oh, no. (laughs) Take off again. I'm about to to unground (laughs) you real quick. He was saying, mommy, make him stop. And when his mom asked what was happening, he told her he was seeing a creepy little boy silently beckoning him. Oh, I'm actually getting creeped out. (laughs) We did this. 
<laughs> he was seeing a creepy little boy silently beckoning him to come and play no. with him. Of course, the mom then told their waiter, and he told her about the restaurant's haunted status. So she asked for her check, as you would. Also, I wouldn't give up that information. Be like, oh, yeah, you know, like that cabinet that you're eating right next to, super haunted. Lots of dead children. How did that whole interaction go? How did the mom decide to disclose her poor son's, like, fucking hallucination? Why did the waiter play along? Why did she ask for the check and not just walk away? Like, what's happening? Because you have to pay your bill, Amanda, even if you are being haunted during your meal. I don't know about that. That's not. I don't know about that. I think there. I think there are a handful of occasions which you don't have to pay pay your your bill, bill and then you leave that one star Yelp review. That's all I'm saying. Mm, What? I mean, unless you don't have cash, here's what you do: you can just kind of throw down the appropriate amount of money for what you've been served, and then just leave. And GTFO. Whatevs. Like you find a bug in your food, the service is horrible. You gotta like run suddenly. You whatever. Like you just put the cash down on the table. You leave. On the ghost tours, people get all sorts of orbs and shadows in their pictures around the cabinet. I have one of these pictures which includes a pretty clear shadow of a little kid standing in a corner when no one else was around when the picture was taken. So yeah, that's my creepy kid story. Nope, never have kids or be near them. Now they do continue and say that they will tell us more Houston legends. And the first one we're going to need is the trolley car. I need to know Uh, about this trolley car. I need to. I need it. Also, the trolley car was in the restaurant. That just seems like a lot for decor. No, everything's bigger in Texas. Like, that seems gaudy. (laughs) Guys, I actually have a local hometown urban legend to share with you of mine. Ooh. Yeah. It is from Astoria, New York, New York City, where I live. Uh, And it's about Hellgate Bridge, which connects Queens to Manhattan uh, and the Bronx right near my apartment. I'm 95% sure that they name drop that in Batman. Props. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Hell's Kitchen, but an actual place. Mm -hmm. Nice. Sick burn. Hell's Kitchen. Get at me. (laughs) You're like six blocks of Manhattan. That is true. Yeah. Anyway, so Hell's Bridge crosses over the East River, and sailors went up and down it all the time. Uh, So Hell's Gate used to be the most dangerous part of New York's harbor. An average of a thousand ships were damaged or sunk in Hell's Gate every single year during the 1850s. This was due to whirlpools in the water, which made the waters treacherous, and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers blasted the underwater rocks to alleviate this problem in 1885. But between that span, thank you, U.S. Army Corps, uh, but for those 35 years, like, shit was really bad, and people sunk all the time. That sucks. The worst accident in Hellgate was General Slocum's disaster in 1904, the deadliest tragedy in New York City's history up until 9-11. A steamboat carrying residents from Little Germany on the Lower East Side to a picnic on Long Island caught fire soon after disembarking on the East River, killing more than a thousand people, mostly women and children. Do we know why it caught Gosh. fire? No. All it's right. just, it was the uh, the 19th century, everything caught fire all the time. It was steam. Yes. Steam Steam, steampunk, firepunk, it happened. <laughs> this is this is firepunk. This is my suggestion for a new YA genre. Steampunk, I think, has been played out. Vampire core, I think, yeah. has been played out. Uh, werewolf romance, I think, has been played out. I propose to you, fire core. <laughs> Joy is just looking at what, me. What are the th- let's <laughs> well, let, let, no, let, I, I'll I'll play with you in this space. What 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 are the three? Core tenets of fire <laughs> core young adult literature. Uh, characters must all dress in black. Okay. okay. You must uphold the tenets of punk. Okay. Okay. And you must um, desire to destroy the patriarchy, man. 
You know what? I'm in. Actually, I would Arsonist read that book. for social good, right? Am I wrong? For a second, it's it started, and I was like, "This is just this is just werewolf and vampire <laughs> young adult fiction." But then you 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 pulled it out. You changed it. That's what I try to do. So it's a chaotic, fiery scene. 1904. People were jumping off into the dangerous waters to try to save themselves. The life preservers, which were made with cork at the time, had turned to dust, and they were ineffective in saving lives. They were too old. Well, yeah, as dust, I'm not surprised. Yeah, also cork is as as close to dust as a solid substance can be. Like, it's characterized by all the holes that it has inside it. Not yeah, but great... it is, uh, it is yeah. like, floatable. It is indeed floatable. <laughs> I can't think of the word. Buoyant. 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 <laughs> we literally all got it at the same time. Uh, good job, fam. So there, it was terrible. There was wreckage. There were bodies on the shoreline. And the fiery wreckage actually floated to North Brother Island, which is a small island between the Bronx and Rikers Island, which is a prison now, um, that housed a quarantine hospital where it then burned to the ground. Uh, a modern-day historian actually spoke with a relative of a postman who was working that day um, who said that he threw his mail back down, ran to Astoria Park shoreline to save people, and he said that he couldn't walk along the beach to the water without stepping on a body. And this is a, a beach that I've walked along a lot and played with dogs on, and it's really like shocking to me to have this be invoked in a story. So anyway, the local legend, the folklore of all of this, is uh, Hell's Gate Bridge is a railway bridge. Um, and so it passes over the river where this uh, disaster happened. And so the legend is that when uh, freight trains stop at midnight in the middle of Hellgate Bridge, which they do sometimes, um, it was completed in 1917, this bridge. So it was kind of raised up in the shadow of this disaster. Uh, the the lore says that it's letting off the ghosts of the souls who died there. Dude, this reminds me of the Hey Arnold episode where they get on the ghost train. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. I forgot all about it's that. A good fucking yeah. episode. That is a really good episode. Very good episode. I love, I love all ghost trains. I love all ghost trains. Yeah, we've been talking about trains a lot recently. I mean, trains are my favorite yeah. thing. Yeah. If you love bridges and trains and freight boats, move to Astoria. We got all those. Not bad. They're amazing. Good ghost train, Amanda. So uh, that is my neighborhood. And from my kitchen, you can see and hear the freight trains going over Hell's Gate Bridge. And so I see the ghosts now think every time if I'm up at midnight getting a drink of water, I'm going to look out my kitchen window and wonder if I see little souls shimmering under the nighttime sky. Adorable. Adorable and deadly. Spears podcast. All right. I think that is all the time we have for stories, right? I think so. All right. Yeah. Uh, Eric, thank you for joining us on this uh, freight train to nowhere. <laughs> 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 and remember listeners stay creepy stay cool and next time we'll take a trolley car <gasps> trolley problem ah! a trolley car. spirits was created by amanda mclaughlin julia shafini and eric schneider with music by kevin mcleod and visual design by allison wakeman Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Spirits Podcast. We also have all our episodes, collaborations, and guest appearances, plus merch on our website, spiritspodcast.com. Come on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Throw us as little as $1 and get access to audio extras, recipe cards, director's commentaries, and patron-only live streams. And hey, if you like the show, please share us with your friends. That is the best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. Bye.